the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. We might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. Great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Of course, we're living in a time where the news coming, the national news, the national political news, all uh, generally centered around the Donald Trump presidency is 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 always exciting um, and even uh, in many cases historic. We talked about the whole Mueller investigation situation, the aftermath of it, which is still ongoing, and um, we won't be talking too much about that today, but uh, my short answer to that is just it's... Um, deplorable to be to be to the point of being depressing the way that the anti-Trump forces have just allowed their Trump hate to consume them and um, certainly become more of a priority than than their duties as Americans especially elected officials and uh, especially on the national scene and of course we know about talked extensively last week about the the sad role of what the so-called mainstream media has has become which is totally, you know, political commentary, social commentary, um, social engineering dominated by, by leftists, basically. But anyway, uh, we have a more a more uplifting topic to talk about today, and we're pleased to be joined by Grant Malloy, a regular contributor to our program, who's also the clerk of court and comptroller in Seminole County. And as many of you know, probably most of you who listen to our show know, Grant had a, has a long um, track record of, of grassroots political activity and activism in Seminole County on behalf of citizens and on behalf of individual citizens' rights. Before we go to Grant, I want to remind you that our program is supported by our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair and encourage you that if you or if you know somebody that's looking for a place that will care for your or their car with old-school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust those guys. In fact, that's where I take my car. In fact, I had to take it over there last week. You're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka, and be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. And also want to let you know one more thing there. Sheeler Auto Repair is celebrating their 21st year of business in Apopka. Let's go to Grant Malloy. Clerk of Court and Comptroller for Seminole County. Well, Grant, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Roger. Thanks for having me on and covering local issues. And, you know, uh, an ongoing, I guess, a saga, if you will, which re- is related to your specific you know, day-to-day activities in Seminole County, and which, of course, uh, makes it relevant to all c- citizens in Seminole County, but also is relevant across the state is the situation, for lack of a better word, of constitutional officers 
and just the constitutional officers officers are a low, relatively low key position in a government, county government, but uh, a vitally important um, you know, position in county government it includes everything from clerks of court like yourself, sheriffs, you know, other administrative type of of um, you know office holders, often mostly elected that do administrative type duties that literally touch the citizens uh, very closely at, at the, at the local level. Um, You know, at the short uh, situation is that as we've talked about quite a bit on our show, there's, there generally have always seem to be attempts to rein in the power and rein in the independence of our, our elected uh, constitutional officers. Constitutional officers are elected by the people. They're not appointed by bureaucrats and politicians. So anyway, that's, and you're kind of on the front lines of that ongoing saga. And uh, from my understanding, there's some new developments as far as that goes. And I'd love to have you share share that with you, with us. Yeah, Roger. And uh, they call us uh, constitutional officers because in the state of Florida, the state constitution sets up uh, several different offices, uh, including the clerk of courts and comptroller, sheriff, property appraiser, tax collector, and supervisor of elections. So we all work directly for the citizens. We're elected by the citizens. And as you recall, in the past, uh, I was on promoting Amendment 10, which passed, which helps protect uh, those checks and balances. And then there's the, you know, on the other hand, you got the county commission. Well, they're set up by the Constitution, too. It's a, it's a governing board. And we're all supposed to work together. And with Amendment 10 passing, that really kind of strengthens our position. But often to the to citizens, they don't really, you know, they just want things done. They don't know, you know, if they need to pay a traffic citation or get a driver's license or that sort of thing. They, they just want to get good service. So upon entering office, one, one of the things I started to do was really develop some good relationships with the other constitutional officers and uh, try to work closer together. And we have a new sheriff and a new tax collector, and now we have a new supervisor of elections. So we're all kind of new to this. And the bottom line is, how do we make government work better for the citizens? How do we serve you better? And how do we become more efficient? So the the good news is uh, we've been doing that for about the past year. We committed, we uh, created kind of an informal committee uh, of us constitutional officers meeting regularly. And we set up three subcommittees, and we uh, met as a whole this week. Uh, so we have, uh, might sound a little boring, but administrative operations and IT issues. Now, the cool thing is, since our teams have all been talking with each other, we've found better ways to do things. And, and just to back up a second, you know, we all have a specific role, and there's these checks and balances in county government. You know, I hold the money, but the tax collector collects it. The property appraiser sets the value of the property, the commission that's the tax rate. So we all have a certain role where we work together. So some of the good ideas we've come up with is just dealing with better ways to share information. And here's an example. We put in a new uh, software for our property records because we have all the property records, and the property appraiser uses that data. Well, with the new system we did and working with the property appraiser, what used to take his uh, employees about three and a half hours to sort through now takes 30 minutes. So that's one of the examples of how we can, you know, make it work more like a business and and help citizens. And there's quite a few other things we've done too, but how does that sound to you, Roger? Does that sound like we're, we're kind of 
on the forefront there of uh, serving citizens? Yes, definitely. And, and I think that it's all related um, in a general sense. And I know that you want to do a diligent job and serve citizens you know, yourself personally, no matter where you are and what your role is. Um, but you know, for constitutional officers across the board, I think it the, it all goes back to being directly elected by the citizens. Yeah. The citizens, you know, you have that relationship where, you know, if, if, if a constitutional officer is not getting their job done, uh, they can certainly be voted out of office if they're not serving the people well. And um, that's a situation that would not be the case um, if they were appointed by pol- you know, politicians and bureaucrats. And uh, therefore, uh, there's, a, there's kind of a built-in incentive for constitutional officers to, to do a good job. You're very correct. And one thing I've noticed about all the constitutional officers in Seminole is uh, they are definitely uh, always thinking about how do we serve uh, the public, because obviously we are elected by you and want to make you happy and uh, give you good ser- service. So some of the other things we've come up with, and the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Lehm, has been extremely helpful uh, with uh, sharing resources, um, whether it's been trustees helping us out in our offices to uh, uh, for labor and move things and, and remove uh, shelving, um, that, that's come in really handy. Um, but some of the other things we're working on, a more technical thing, are like e-warrants. You know, we used to send information, we'd fax it to the sheriff's office, and they would pull it off and then type it in. You know, that's totally waste of total waste of time, duplication. So we can send electronic data to him uh, that goes into his system so they don't have to retype things. A couple things we're going to do this, this month is includes e uh, citations where instead of us typing in 66,000 citations a year into our system, we'll get them electronically through a database that the sheriffs operate where all the police agencies go in there as well. And the, the good thing for the citizens is this will stop the problem where some folks get a traffic ticket and they come in to pay it, but we haven't received it yet from the agency. So you're kind of stuck and you have to come back later. Uh, we won't have that problem in the future. So that's another idea of us all working together. And um, it's been very positive. And I, hopefully it's, it's, I don't know if other counties are doing this, but the more that you can communicate and come up with ideas to solve problems, you know, leave your egos behind. Uh, we're here for one reason, and that's uh, uh, to, to serve. So how can we do it better? That's great. Thank you for being here and sharing this great report. It's 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 always uplifting to hear uh, elected officials that are that are dedicated to serving the citizens and looking for better ways to do that. And I appreciate you sharing this uh, with us. Uh, certainly, I wouldn't would have expected no less from you. And but it's great to see you uh, being able to get into office and and accomplish some things and do some things that are making uh, you know the everyday lives of citizens uh, better and easier in Seminole County. Now, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to share one other idea that, I mean, there's a ton of uh, Okay, well, we got about two minutes before our break. Could you stay with us after okay. the break? Yeah, we could, yeah. Because C- I wanted to talk to you about uh, you know, some uh, another thing as well, and it's kind of related to this, kind of something I thought about as we were talk- as you were talking. It, it seems like, and I haven't really discussed this with you off the air, it's kind of food for thought for when we come back from after the break, it seems like you're working relationships for a better, lack of a better phrase, seem to be going better, more smoothly, more cooperative with your colleagues, you know, your constitutional officer colleagues than it did back in your days on on the Seminole County Commission. 
And uh, you know, when we come back, I'd like to ask you that question. You know, yeah, okay. and then uh, you know, maybe maybe because because if, if if the answer is yes, um, then I mean that that leads to some more questions. So anyway, that's kind of something I'd like to discuss with you when uh, we come back, and then of course have you bring us up to date on these other things that you want to share with our our listeners as well. And, and friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show right now. Our guest is a longtime re- regular contributor to our program. Grant Malloy, he's the, currently the comptroller and clerk of court for Seminole County government. Uh, before we go to break, I want to remind you and, and let you know about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you have a garage door problem of any kind, large or small, residential or commercial, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Florida Door Solutions is built on the old school foundation of hard work, quality work, and service to their customer. And also, in the best old-school tradition, Florida Door Solutions gives back. Florida Door Solutions supports the local schools, Little League Baseball, and other youth sports. So when you have any kind of garage door problem, big or small, service, repair, or if you need to get a new door, I encourage you to contact our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. You can find them at fladoor.com. Or you can just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. Very easy to remember, 866-FLA-DOOR. And please be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. We'll be back in just a moment on the Roger Franklin Williams Show with today's guest, Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller Grant Malloy. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Hope your day is going well. It's always great to be with you and share little bit about what's happening here and discuss with you what's happening in the political arena and the community arena here in Central Florida, across the state of Florida, and even on some occasions on the national level. Today we're focusing primarily on the local level and we're pleased to be joined by one of our regular contributors, Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court and, and Comptroller for Seminole County. And I was just thinking as I was... Um, as we're having our conversation, you know, Grant has joined us in a, in a variety of different roles. He's Now it's great to have him joining us on a regular basis as the Clerk of Court and Comptroller of Seminole County. It was great to have him back in the day. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was uh, when he was on the Seminole County Commission. You know, He's joined us as a candidate. He's also joined us as a grassroots citizen activist, uh, organizing citizens and leading citizens to, to you know, get engaged in government and stand up for their constitutional rights. And uh, fight back, push back against the encroachment uh, of government when when that happens. And as Thomas Jefferson so eloquently said, you know the rights of government, the the natural order of things is for the power of government to expand and for the rights of citizens to to recede. You know that's usually happening somewhere, sometime because it's just as Jefferson said, the natural order of things. Um, and it is our responsibility as citizens to push back when it when it does happen, um, and when it affects us. Before we go back to Grant, I want to let you know about our friends and remind you about our friends 
Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video and encourage you that if you have memories of any kind that are on out, outdated media, Network Sound and Video can get them up to date and up to speed very quickly, efficiently, and I would say even perfectly, and they'll do it with a lot of tender, loving care. Uh, another thing that they specialize in are um, uh, videos of photos where if you can take a, you, you, you know, if you're like I am and, you know, I've, I certainly know other friends because I've witnessed it have the same situation. You probably got boxes and boxes of cherished photographs, cherished memories stuck in a corner, stuck in a closet, uh, something like that in, in a very simple and easy way. If you can take those over to Vito and Rhonda, they'll get them uh, online in a digital format organize it and make beautiful videos out of it. And um, so I would encourage you to do that. I've got my appointment uh, to do that myself. They've already done wonderful work for me, which is now I know exactly you know, what they're all about and, and the, and the kind of uh, not only the, the quality of work that they do. And I, and I promise you, <laughs> you could look far and wide and you will not find anybody that knows better uh, or knows more about this, this, this kind of technology and this technical field than Vito Fira. Yeah, I can, I'm confident in saying that. But even above and beyond the, competent, the, the technical expertise is, is their hearts in it. <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, they cheer. You know, Vito, you should see this, the smile on his face when people come in and they, they get the things that um, their wonderful, cherished memories back in now a form that they can use and it's efficient, efficient to use and it's efficient to share uh, you know, with their loved ones and friends all around the, the country and around the world um, via the internet or via text or, or photographs. So anyway, could go on and on. I encourage you, if you've got memories, and many people do, many of us do, that you need to get in better shape, you need to get it better organized and in a more up-to-date format, I encourage you to get over to see Vito and Rhonda at Network Sound and Video. You can find them 24-7-365 at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Or you can call them at 407-834-8555. 834-8555. They'd love to hear from you. A live person will answer the phone, most likely Vito or Rhonda. You know, or you can just drop by and see them, <laughs> and they'd love to see you. And they're on Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood in the Merritt Center. And please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. And I want to give a shout out to everybody because I know a lot of you are telling them because I get great reports from Vito and Rhonda all the time. Now let's go back to clerk of court and comptroller for Seminole County, Grant Malloy. And Grant, when we went to break, first of all, you had another another thing that you wanted to share with us. Well, uh, sure. Just wanted to throw out a couple things that we were uh, also coming up with was a simple thing like sharing uh, space. You know, the the sheriff's office has an overflow of some evidence. We have uh, some awesome, some some warehouse space over at our record center that's secure. Don't know if it'll work or not, but we're going to take a look next week to see if we can't uh, give up some of our space to help the sheriff's office out. Uh, and that all happens just through communication and, and sharing each other what resources we have and what needs we have. And uh, it's been very positive. So definitely, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to preach this to my, my other clerks around the state. Uh, if they haven't tried something like this, there's a lot of rewards when you get all the officials together in one room and start to uh, share ideas and work together. No, I'd like to ask you the question I posed before the break. You know, it, it seems, from my perspective, and you know, 
I don't know the answer, but I've got a, right. an opinion on it, that you know, just your working relationships seem to be better uh, in your role as clerk of court and constitutional, you know, constitutional officer role, clerk of court and comptroller, especially with your other constitutional officer colleagues. Um, you know, and I, by better, I mean better than when you were on the uh, Seminole County Commission. Um, what, 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 you know, what, is, is there anything to that or what, what is, is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I would say it's accurate, and it's probably the nature of the job. First of all, we all pretty much have set um, laws to follow and, and, you know, set things to do. So we're not all, you know, stepping in each other's, uh, you know, kiddie pool here. We all have our own things to do, and we stay pretty busy. We all work with one another, and, you know, we all call the shots. We don't have to go get three votes. So I think by the nature of it, it's just easier for constitutional officers to work together. Now, when I was on the commission side, you know, that's more of a legislative thing. You Sometimes there's, you know, different uh, factions on the board that, um, you know, are either adversaries or allies, and that can sometimes change. And then because I think the constitutional, uh, you know, a lot of uh, well, sheriff's funding is, comes from, from the uh, commission through the taxpayers, we have a small part that funds the comptroller, but, uh, you know, all of us have to go in front of the, the board uh, with budgets, so that, that can create a little tension sometimes. So um, I think just the nature of it, it's easier for us to work together because that's what we have to do, and, and that's all laid out in the Constitution and the state statutes. So, um, and we got a really good group here in Seminole County, too. Everybody is, is just dedicated uh, to doing a good job. I, I've been very impressed with uh, everybody. Always. And, hey, while I got you, I always like to plug my website, SeminoleClerk.org. And our website is uh, somewhere around the middle of the month. It's going to be uh, a new version is going to come out. It's going to be far, far easier to find information and do business with the clerk's office uh, at SeminoleClerk.org. So I'm really excited about that. No, thanks for that update. And uh, that's one area that's been a big priority for you as clerk of court and um, one more area where you're doing doing a great job to make – things better, more efficient um, for the citizens to interface with the government when they need to in Seminole County. Now, another question, and this is similar, you know, a little bit similar to the former question uh, on a broader perspective. It, you know, I had um, former Orange County Commissioner, former State Representative Fred Brummer join me a couple weeks ago, and we discussed the main topic of that show was the changing landscape, politically speaking, uh, in with him, Orange County, and also the state of Florida. and But I know the political landscape is changing radically, dramatically in Seminole County as well. And one of the things I mean by that is at one time, um, you know, Seminole County, at least on a kind of a macro point of view in terms of statewide elections and national elections, Seminole County was solidly Republican County. It was almost, uh, I mean, I, at one time, you know, it was the most solidly Republican County in, in the state. Um, now, of course, as we know, that necessarily, didn't necessarily mean they were all conservatives or didn't necessarily mean that there were, weren't rep- people masquerading as Republicans that, that were actually liberals at heart. But but still, on a macro point of view, uh, it was a reliable county in, in statewide elections and national elections for the Republicans. Now, in recent elections, that's changing dramatically to where Demo- you know, quite a significant number of Democrats are getting elected in Seminole County and Seminole County is definitely not a not a county to be counted on um, in statewide and national elections. Can you address that? Yes, um, 
Yeah, I listened to that show with Fred on, and, and that was pretty good. And I know we've touched on it before. I kind of chalk it up to three things in what happened in Simone County. And you're correct, the uh, Republicans did pretty bad. They, uh, they lost just about every race, came close to losing one of the county commission seats. Um, but the governor, Senate, just about every state office uh, went uh, to the Democrats and in a county that has a Republican majority. And I think it's the reason things have changed so much, uh, one is demographics. Uh, there's uh, the numbers have changed. There's a lot more um, Democrats, but there's a lot more no parties that, that will switch teams. So that's really pivotal to communicate to those people, those voters in the future. Uh, the other thing was the Republican Party didn't was didn't do a whole lot. Uh, they wasn't. I think they put out one flyer, and that was about it. The Democrats were working hard, so it makes a difference when you go out. As you and I have seen, you go out and talk to people, and uh, you got the party you know, out there working, that that's going to make a difference. And I, the other thing is, you know, I, I just, politics changes. It's like a stream, and it's not like a pond where you stick your finger in it and it's always the same. It's always changing. And I think we have to do, as Republicans, we have to do a much better job of reaching out to younger people and letting them know that economic opportunity, education, freedom, you know, these things that empower you to be the best you can be, are going to make you the happiest, you know, healthiest, and you know, prosperous. Uh, so we got to plug freedom as a, you know, selling point and and do a better job at reaching the new voters that are coming along because voters are changing. So it's, I think it's a combination of several things. But uh, with the new party chairman, and maybe you could have her on one day. Linda Trostine's doing a great job with outreach. Um, a lot more outreach with uh, minority groups and younger folks, and that's important. We This is a big tent with uh, great ideas, and we need to make it very inclusive. Thank you for your your very informed insights there. And then, and then we got we have to wrap it up right now. I want to thank you for joining us. It's always great to hear from you, Grant, and you've always got great information for us. One quick thing before we go is just uh, this is food for thought for next time. You know, I think trying to reach these young people is going to be a big challenge, and you better psychologically get geared up for it because one of the things that that one of the one of the huge hurdles with you know, trying to get the younger people on the Republican slash conservative side, especially conservative, is going through the public school systems. They're not getting the, from my understand, the education in uh, the positive. Uh, informed education about our founders and about the the principles upon which our country was founded and upon you know the the origins of individual rights and you know the you know, the concept that our you know indispensable concept that individual rights come from God and all these things these are things that are not being taught in fact in some cases they're being taught the exact opposite so that creates a very high bar there but anyway we're essentially out of time but I want to thank you for joining us and look forward to catching up with you soon thank you Roger you have a great day Friends, please stay with us. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. The program 
is dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Primarily on our program today, we will be talking about the extraordinary events of this past week, of course, where the much-anticipated Mueller report, um, I guess, essentially uh, was revealed, and um, and which exonerated uh, President Trump. And, uh, you know, Mueller, after... <laughs> After I don't know how many years and how much millions of dollars spent, uh, apparently was not able to find any tangible evidence or any evidence uh, that would lead to um, any kind of, um, I guess, legal consequences or consequences of any kind other than political, um, any wrongdoing on the part of President Trump in in regards to the so-called collusion, which in fact I think that um, it's increasingly become being revealed, the truth being revealed that this whole thing is basically a big hoax, and um, which is really, really a tragic, sad day, and going to be uh, for America, and uh, that any elected official, any president, would have to kind of deal with, would have to deal with the the kinds of um, extraordinary attacks that President Trump has had to deal with, that the American people have had to have had to uh, endure, and specifically the role of the mainstream media. That's the the topic that I'll be addressing primarily today, because really, if, 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 our, if our so-called mainstream media, which is the overwhelming majority, uh, sadly, still of the way that most, many people, million, certainly uh, tens, if not hundreds of millions of Americans, get news and information that, uh, sadly, many of them you know, trust and, and, and take as, as accurate and credible, um, if we'd have had any kind of you know, legitimate media, and I would say certainly in that that reflects what what our society uh, in, intended to be legitimate media, um, not, you know, none of this would have ever happened. Uh, it was it was this, the so called mainstream media, which fueled and and gave the fuel and the energy to to this whole uh, hoax. If you will, and, and that's what I'll be talking. The the the, the quote <laughs> quote journalism in America is 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 broken now, and um, and it has serious consequences. And this whole so called Russian collusion I hate to even mention that phrase because there was no Russian collusion, and I don't even want to even even keep that you know, continue to even keep that word or that image you know in the public domain. But kind of have to because it because because just it's it's a reality of, of what what's going on and what what certainly President Trump and what America has had to deal with. But um, if if we had a decent, <laughs> credible um, media, people that that understood basic journalistic principles, basic journalistic fundamentals, that, that this would have been. Uh, this whole thing would have, would have, would have, would have just petered out, you know, uh, you know, right off the bat. It wouldn't have gone on and on. And um, so anyway, that's, that's what we'll be talking about a little bit as we go about on the program today. In fact, if we had, you know, legitimate media, they would, um, there would certainly be more than a few jur- journalists out there trying to find out why this hoax was, was, was orchestrated 
and continue to be per- perpetuated? Who is responsible for wildly inaccurate information that led to this whole um, so-called Mueller in- investigation? And that's what we would be seeing and hearing a lot more about than we are now. Now, are there are pockets of people actually doing that. Rush Limbaugh has been extraordinary in his efforts to try to get the truth to the American people. Others have well. Um, of course, that's uh, certainly a driving mission of our company, our parent company, Salem Media Group. In fact, right here on our airwaves, um, FM 105.5, the answer, AM 660, the answer. You will, you know, the, the talk show host here, such as Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, many of the others, um, have, have done a great job of, of covering this situation accurately, even though most of them are, are technically opinion people, uh, not so-called, quote, technically journalists. But anyway, my point is it's a sad, it's a very sad day in America when the country, not just the, the target, which in this case happens to be President Trump, but it's a very sad day, no matter who it is. If it was President Obama, any president, if it was Jimmy Carter, if it was Ronald Reagan, Franklin Roosevelt, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson, it doesn't matter who the actual individual is. The tragedy is that an American president has had to endure an, an American presidency, regardless of who the actual specific person is, and the country has had to endure all this massive conversation and massive distraction uh, over essentially a hoax and that the very people whose responsibility it is, it it, it should be, and that is the people in the media, in journalism, to dig in this thing, you know, try to find out what's going on, use their investigative talents. I don't don't know if there are too many people in in so-called journalism in the media, um, that even have um, investigative talents anymore. Uh, certainly don't see that. Certainly not in the mainstream media. But anyway, if if the if the if the, just the media were 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 functioning correctly, if they were exercising their very important, uh, some would even say sacred role to be the the watchdog of of everybody, the watchdogs of the system, to be the advocates for the citizens, to uh, to hold. Uh, Governmental agencies, and that includes the FBI, that includes uh, special prosecutors, um, that includes um, the CIA, uh, people on the inside, it's especially the people on the inside, to hold them accountable for the actions that they are taking. Um, this whole thing never would have gotten to the point where it, where it is. So, But anyway, it, it's certainly a breath of fresh air that, um, and it's almost shocking to a point, to a certain extent, that Mueller... You know, th- th- this thing is essentially, um, you know, th- I don't even know the correct terminology, but essentially that um, Mueller couldn't find any dirt, if you will, on legitimate dirt on President Trump. And um, and uh, hopefully that closes the chapter to a certain extent. Now, I hate to even phrase it that way because it doesn't close the chapter because certainly as, as long as, as Donald Trump is in office, there are, and we're witnessing it already every day, um, the left, the hard left, the Trump haters are not going to relent. Even the Trump haters on the on the right, the never the 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 the, the never Trumpers on the quote conservative side of things are, are they're not going to relent. They're they're not going to throw in the towel. They're not going to say okay, uh, you know, the, you know, we had nothing. 
Um, let's move on. Let's uh, continue uh, to, to function uh, in our con- in our legitimate constitutional role as a loyal opposition, emphasis on loyal, um, and uh, you know try to advocate our policies, try to legitimately um, thwart things we don't like that Trump's doing, things like that, um, in, in within the legislative system, within the the confines of a loyal op- opposition. Uh, well, that's that's not going to happen, you know, and and you know, so we might as well just prepare ourselves for that. That uh, this this unrelenting drumbeat of 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 Trump hate is just is going to continue. And the point is to to understand it, acknowledge it, and 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 not be uh, influenced by it. So that that'll be a big topic uh, on our primary topic on our program today. But it'll be primarily just you and I today, which is great. Um, and we'll pick this up a little bit later in our show. But before, in fact, that was <laughs> that was supposed just to be kind of like a minute or two opening statement because I had some other things I wanted to share with you in this segment. But anyway, that kind of lays the groundwork for what we'll be talking about in our next couple of segments on the show. Um, you know, I guess the, the, the bottom line to try to sum it up succinctly, which is almost impossible to do, it's a breath of fresh air that this thing is going to be ending, that you know, you know, President Trump is not going to be... An, um, continue to be tortured by this and um, they're going to be, you know, and certainly um, praise God, it's not going to go any further. Um, but it's also really a sad, there's no other way to look at it other than sad and disappointing and discouraging and, 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 and depressing that this whole fiasco took place in America in 2019, that it was allowed to take place by a, by a lapdog left-wing media, which are, which are, have, have completely abandoned any concept of 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 journalistic journalistic mission, legitimate journalistic mission, legitimate journalistic principles, and have just now become nothing but left wing uh, opinion uh, um, opinion people, uh, left wing advocates, and, and and especially advocates for the the the, the Democrat Party in general, and um, the, the left wing, the extreme left wing of the Democrat Party at that. So. That's just that's my takeaway on, on that situation, and it's going to be something we're going to have to be prepared to continue to deal with. I will say um, that once again, I think that we're incredibly fortunate. America is incredibly fortunate, and I was even blessed to have somebody with the incredibly unique talents, and not only talents, but uh, psyche, psychological makeup that Donald Trump has. Because I don't know of literally any other human on the planet or in this country specifically that could have endured what, what Trump has had to endure, uh, you know, from the, literally from the day that he got elected to office or before, even during the campaign, but especially since he became president and it takes an incredibly special person just to be able to, uh, to even want to fight that battle. But that's part of the unique psychological profile of, of Donald Trump is that he is a fighter. He is a battler. He obviously believes strongly in in his core principles, the things that he believes in. He believes strongly in the way that he goes about doing things, and I think that's a that's a great thing. And and this is obviously this little conversation is going to take up um, all of our first segment because we're going to be going to break in just a minute. But I'll close this segment um, this way, and that's by talking about the tweeting. I still hear people heard somebody had lunch with somebody the other day who's a Trump supporter 
that is, is I guess, concerned about the tweeting or thinks uh, you know, Donald Trump's uh, tweeting is, is a negative. Personally, I see it as a huge positive. And what I, you know, and you don't have to, and the thing is, Trump is very, very skillful at what he does. He has a, an agenda and a game plan, and he knows exactly what he's doing. There might be a time or two where he might just lash out, and but I, but on the whole, and I would say ninety five percent of the time, if if not ninety nine percent of the time, every, every tweet that Donald Trump makes is part of a, an overall agenda, and he's got a he's got a um, he knows exactly what he's doing. But anyway, I see the tweeting as as part of his combative personality, and it's just part of the makeup of who he is, and and. And I encourage him to be who he is. I want Donald Trump to be Donald Trump, and, if, and that includes tweeting or, or not. And um, and also, it just um, I think he uses it very skillfully as well. But anyway, we're up on our first break. We'll take the break, and we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Talking about an important topic, we're talking about the events of the past week where the, you know, I guess the Mueller um, investigation, if you will, is uh, apparently they're going to be ra- they're going to be ending. There's um, no... S- serious thing they could apparently hang on Donald Trump d- despite how much they're trying they've tried and um it's a breath of fresh air for many of us for the country and but also the flip side it's also uh, sad and depressing that this whole fiasco this whole sad spectacle uh, was a- it was able to go on for for about 2 years um and you would you would hope that in America this kind of thing this kind of witch hunt would not be able to take place, um, but it, it it's an example of of the reality we're living in right now. I want to, um, and we'll be talking about that more. That's the main topic of our show today, and specifically, I'm going to talk about the role of of the of so-called journalism, which essentially is dead now. Uh, certainly, it's dead at the mainstream media level, which still, sadly, is overwhelmingly the way that most Americans uh, consume their news, and. Um, so we'll talk about that. But before we do, I have some important announcements I want to share with you. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair and let you know, especially if you've moved to the area recently. I know we have new listeners to our show every week. We have new people who have just moved to Central Florida uh, recently joining us every week. And I want to let you know, you know one of the most <laughs> trying, if you will, uh, disconcerting uh, things that, that we can do is to find a place that we can trust that that does good work that's competent and skillful to take our car, our vehicles when they need um, to be fixed, when they're broken. Um, That's a jungle. I've experienced that jungle uh, quite a bit in my life and I'm, that's why I'm so enthusiastic. So pleased to let you know about my friends over at Sheeler auto repair. In fact, I've been taking my car to Sheeler auto repair for over 20 years now. In fact, the way I found them, my father was taking his vehicles there, and he recommended them to me. I encourage you to get over to see if you have any kind of problem with your car, truck, SUV, van, any other vehicle. I encourage you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. 
In fact, I would encourage you to go over there, get an oil change or have a, an inspection before you have trouble with your car so you get start to get to know those guys. No problem is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair, and of course, that's where I take my car, as I have said. In fact, I've been taking it there for 20 years. They're located at 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. Get over to see Demetrius, Odysseus, Dave, all the guys at she- all the gang over at Sheila Auto Repair, and t- please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Also, have an important announcement about a really fun event that's taking place at our friends over at St. Barnabas Episcopal School um, on Tuesday, April the second. And on Tuesday, April the second, you'll have the opportunity to experience science like no other. And that's at the St. Barnabas Episcopal School Family Science Expo. St. Barnabas Episcopal School invites you to join the fun. At St. Barnabas Episcopal School, students display their creative and scientific talents at the 2009 Family Science Expo. It's Tuesday, April 2nd at 5 p.m. at St. Barnabas Christian Episcopal School. In addition, science-based organizations are encouraged to join the fund by providing unique activities for St. Barnabas Episcopal School event visitors. The St. Barnabas Science Expo sparks curiosity, passion, and interest for you and your family. Don't miss the St. Barnabas Episcopal School Family Science Expo, Tuesday, April 2nd at 5 p.m. Located at St. Barnabas Episcopal School, it's located at 322 West Michigan Avenue in Deland. Find out more at S-B-E-S-Y-E-S dot org. That's S-B-E-S-Y-E-S dot org. Now, I'd like to continue our discussion specifically from the, the role that the media, a.k.a. journalism, which you know essentially is, 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 is a thing of the past, sadly, Legitimate, objective, fact-based journalism. Where, where is it anymore? I, I think it's essentially gone. Um, it's, pl- it's basically played in the Trump presidency, and, and I would say has played in the rise of the millennials as a, as a force, and the fact that you know, I you know, <laughs> I'm of the opinion that many of the millennials are, are sadly misguided. Of course, not talking about every single millennial. Uh, if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. But we just need to own up and start to recognize that we've got a whole generation of Americans. And I think essentially the term millennial basically broadly, roughly um, refers to people that were born after the year 2000 um, or, or near around uh, around that era, at least anyway, uh, maybe a little, little older. Um just have a have a, a completely different set of core values than than uh, for lack of a better term those of us who believe in traditional American values and I think there are some very you know significant reasons for that I think the biggest reason two biggest reasons these are just my observations certainly not scientific um, is the influence of I won't even call it liberalism. I'll say left-wingism um, in the public school system. And particularly in terms of a strong code of political correctness. And what we're seeing, you know, the millennials are the first generation 
um, in this country to come along and to go through the entire liberal slanted, left slanted public school system from kindergarten through college. Um, And I think we're seeing the effects of it. Uh, These people have essentially been inculcated, uh, if not indoctrinated, into a core of values, set of core values that are, I would say, even antithetical to the traditional American values. Uh, they got an incomplete, improper um, teaching about the, the role of religion in our society and the role of religion that was intended by the founders, the role of religion that was intended by the First Amendment, which clearly states that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. You can't get more simple and basic than that. Um, The government is not to interfere with the free exercise of religion. Now, that whole concept has been completely turned upside on its head to the where we've got a whole generation of Americans who think that the Constitution prohibits freedom of religious expression, especially Christian expression. So anyway, that's just one example. But, but, but I mean, this is a situation we have to deal with now. Um, now we've got tens of millions of Americans, and these are the people that are going to be making decisions about our future and you know, make of the future of the country that have a completely false perspective on the role of religion in our society. Of course, the proper role of religion is, first of all, is, is, and to paraphrase Alan Keyes, is as Americans, we must... Ac- acknowledge the authority of God and have respect for the role of God specifically in, in our country and, and our rights should be exercised only with the respect for the role of God. Um, when we, and, and even more succinctly, uh, I think Ronald Reagan, you know, once again, got it right as he always seemed to always do the day that America ceases to be one nation under God will be the day that we become one nation gone under. And now I think it's a legitimate question to ask, um, are, are we, certainly, d- d- do we as a country, and I'm, when I say we, I mean everybody, I don't mean just um, conservatives or people that have traditional American values, I mean the country, the, ma- the majority of people in the country, regardless of, of their political persuasion or identification, or um, want to wanna be one nation under God. And I would say we've got, obviously, tens of millions of, you know, Hopefully it's not in the hundred yet, but we've got millions of people that do not want to be one nation under God. And that's a huge problem. And I agree with Reagan that the, the day that as a majority, um, as a truism, that America ceases to be one nation under God is the day that will be one nation gone under. That's just one, one aspect. So basically the millennials have a completely, many of them, different perspective on the role of religion in our society. It's not the Alan Keyes perspective. It's not the Ronald Reagan perspective. It's not the, it's not the uh, John Adams and George Washington and Alexander Hamilton perspective. I would even say um, it's not the Thomas Jefferson perspective. Um, it's, it's uh it's a left wing perspective and it's that religion needs to be pushed completely out of the public square. And, um, and religion, especially Christianity, is some kind of nefarious, um, you know, uh, um, irrational, uh, negative force in society that that must be eradicated and and, and pushed pushed out of the public square and, and out of the public schools. 
And so that's, I mean, when you've got now certainly millions of people that, that have that persuasion and, and certainly I, I would suspect, I, I, I would, I would advance the notion that the millennials got that way by, by being indoctrinated in a, in, in left wing curriculum in public schools. Um, you, you've got a problem in your society. Um, because the whole core principle of our freedom uh, is based on the authority and respect for uh, for an all-powerful God, benevolent, all-powerful God. That's where our rights come from, um, endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. Okay, they came, the rights came from God. You move God from the equation, there, there's no justification for individual rights. At that point, the state moves in, and now you have just, actually have justification for an all-powerful um, political state, an all-powerful government, where there are no individual rights. Very important fundamental question, and it's something that we see uh, played out every day. Now, sadly, we've got, as I said, tens of millions of people that, that don't buy in uh, to even even understand that concept, or and certainly if they even understood it, wouldn't wouldn't buy into it, wouldn't believe it. Um, another thing, obviously, this whole economic issue. Um, it, it's been disconcerting for for many people, um, everyday people, just like you and I, to see how. The people like Bernie Sanders, AOC, um, Alexander Ocasio, are others are advocating socialism as as a way of life in America, as 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 policy, as 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 an economic system that we should go to and adopt, and they are getting extraordinary support. I mean, Bernie Sanders would have won. The, the Democrat nomination for president, if, if the Clinton people, Donna Brazil, uh, um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, ha- hadn't cheated him out of it, that's and that's a that's kind of a chilling perspective. You know, you've got an a, an avowed socialist advocating so, you know, American socialism would would have been the Democrat nominee. That that means you've got a lot of people that are buying into that and believe it, and that's what we're dealing with every day right now. Anyway. Time for the next break. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 